We want to talk about faith. We want to talk about um, politics. We want to talk about race. We want to talk about pop culture. Literally, everything, everything, everything is up for discussion, and that's what French culture is about. About. She's Lisa V. And he's Randall Keith. And this is Brunch Culture, the weekly podcast where everything is up for discussion. Yes, and we're back for another week. We told y'all we was going to be more consistent. So we had an episode last week. Age ain't nothing but a number. Hey, and we are back this week. We, You know what? This, this I'm proud of us because... We've been trying and we've been saying and we've been saying we're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. When you hit me up and was like, yo, we recording tonight or Friday. I was like, hey, this is it. Because low key, I thought I was going to fall off because I actually was planning to go out of town. So it was going to be my fault. Um, but, you know, we, we out here. We holding each other accountable. We are doing things like we supposed to do. Yes. Yes. And I'm excited um, that we are able to be here with all the craziness we have in our personal lives that we're able to come crazy here. is an understatement right like yeah who dealing knew? with who knew you fight so hard to get to certain places then you get to certain places you got grown people that just don't want to be responsible adults yeah and we was just saying first we had the relationship personal friendship dramas now we got other kind of stuff professional just, stuff that nobody told you about right <laughs> nobody told like, you about you just go from like, you saw one thing and just another one pop up and a whole other thing but it's like this one i think you the, thought the, you got a breather yeah but the, i think the thing before is like it's personal right so the, the, you know it kind of hits home and it's a lot of stuff you're going through relationship stuff going through friendship stuff going through family stuff and so it's a lot of stuff that's like hitting home this is like professional when i say hit home i mean hit you like it hit your heart but this is like <laughs> professional stuff that's like yes i care about this yes it's supposed to hit my heart but like it's not that hard for you to just be responsible like I think it's that kind of stuff that's like if we could just function with responsible adults a lot would of this be... stuff wouldn't happen it could all be so simple yeah but they'd rather make it hard that's what Lauren rather said loving you hard. is like a battle we're, let's, we gotta well we're not really loving the professional people though <laughs> not on that level it's just working like, with you is like a battle <laughs> And we both ended up scars. With scars. And I ain't did nothing. <laughs> oh, the woes of the woes. I remember hearing my parents talk about like stuff that would go on at work. And I remember I used to always say, why is that? Like, why do you come home talking about people that you don't know? But I think, I, you know, as a kid, you don't ever realize what it is when you're like in a position where you have to prime people and you have to you have a you have a heart i think that's the thing one of the things one of my friends actually told me was like you care too much about people and i was like wait what is that a thing like can you care so much she was like yeah you just have to realize that some people just don't really want anybody to care about them and just you know don't care about them and i was just like i how do you do that but now i'm in this space as a profession i'm thinking about my parents and i'm like i get it i get like 
having to work with people and to whatever capacity. And it's like they're working against not only you, but themselves. And it's just like, it just seems so counterproductive. Like, it's really hard to, to let it go because it's like, I'm, I just want to figure out what your problem is, you know? Like, what's happening? Yeah, absolutely. Here's what's trending. Um, I'm yeah, sorry. Siri even wanted to get Siri. a part of yeah. the conversation. So this is what's been creeping me out, and this is a complete side note. Has, Has she just been si- popping up? Yes. Okay, it's not just me. I no, 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 because I'm I'm literally about to I'm about to freak out. Because no, literally, I'll be happy just like now. Like I literally just picked up my phone, and she said something. I'm like, yo, 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 what's happening? Because this is I like didn't the call fifth you. time. I didn't yeah. This is the fifth time that she said something. And I'm like, you're not supposed to be. You're supposed to respond when I give a command. But I didn't give that command. What's happening? I'm telling. I'm t- I've been telling people. And I love Apple. And I'm a tech geek. But fam, these people listening to us. They listen to all of our conversations. And, and like. You haven't noticed that your Facebook shows what you've been talking about. I'm not talking about what you text. Yeah. What you verbally communicate. They keep saying, like, you know, we give them permission for our microphones and messenger. That's why I don't, I don't use messenger. But you have, but you have, um, Instagram. Wait, they do it with Instagram too. Mm-hmm. You give them permission for your microphone because they can, you can record. Ain't that bad? Nothing. <laughs> You didn't Never. think about that? You know what? And this is how they get you. And they get dummies like me because I know that I have Instagram, right? But I always, I still view Facebook and Instagram as two separate entities. I know Facebook owns Instagram. I know it. But in my mind, it's always different. It's like, oh, this is not as bad. <sighs> yeah, I'm about to I'm about to delete all this stuff. You know yeah. what I might even do? Because now that I have my old phone... I might just keep everything on my old phone, which I don't keep with me. And then maybe that'll keep help me be productive too. I'll just take all social media off of this phone and then I'll just keep it on my old phone. So I don't really say nothing around that phone. So <laughs> it's like, huh. I don't know if it's a real workaround. That's the name. That's, that seems like that's like a lot. Right. The energy. Then yeah. go back and forth and to remember exactly. that you took off and you're going to end up adding back on. In theory, it sounds good, but it's probably not going to really work. Whatever. You know, it's just, it's confusing. It'll be, it'll be confusing. It'll be like Kanye. You think he's The confusing? king of confusion. You think he's confused? I don't think he's, he's confused. So that's, that's, the, that's what I, you know, I want to have sympathy because for if he is mentally ill. However, I really do think that medicated Kanye and unmedicated Kanye seem like identical twins to me. The same person. So I'm not sure if he's just trolling us. Or if he's on the um, Kardashian curse, I don't know. I just don't. I, I'm over making these these you know mental illness excuses, and I'm saying that it's an excuse not to say that he doesn't have a mental illness. But I just think that yo, at some point in time, who do we hold accountable um, for his care? And we can't, well, we can't just... hold Kim accountable because they they take a lot of people out. Don't care. Um, just seem to right not really care. I just think for it's just kind of like people keep saying, "Well, it's mental illness. It's mental illness. We got to understand." Which I'm all for. Like I get it, right? But I also think that at some point in time, we have a number of people. I was listening to another podcast, and somebody said, 
I deal with mental illness as well. I know a number of people that deal with mental illness and we're not doing stuff like that. (laughs) And and so at some point in time, you got to hold this person and the people in their lives that keep caping for them responsible for. Okay, so if it's mental illness, when do we get this person help? When do we consistently push them to get help? And when do we see them do things like this that are erratic and and against what one day? Oh, you know, I made a mistake and I'm so sorry that I I did those things. And the next day is, okay. so let me come to your office and say, you know, this guy has this president. He's the best that we got. He needs to be the flyest person out. It's just like, yo, we can't. When do you hold him accountable or make a public statement of, hey, I don't support this type of behavior. I don't support him doing this. I'm really working for him to see that I love him and I care him or we love him and we care about him and we want him to do something different. Um, and you know me, I got really annoyed. I was watching an interview that he was doing with the guy from TMZ. They were like at a, a, a picnic table and he started that whole com- the whole thing that it's like the, the, the normal go to for conservative or for like Republicans, which is. Oh, well, you know, black people are on welfare. And why is it that black people uh, are just stuck with they just want to be a part of the system and they don't want to work for themselves? And it was just like, oh, here we go. Here we go. It's like you went, you got, went and found the starter kit to how to be a black conser- a re- Republican and was like, oh, here's go. Let me just put that on and just start saying this. It's like none of what you're saying is rooted in any type of facts. You're saying black people just want to get welfare. Black people got to understand and they need to work hard and do like, fam, it's not just black people that's on welfare. It's like all of these things that you just associate with black people is because this is what your understanding of what black people are. Meanwhile, you are a black person yourself, but some kind of way you think that you are just the exception to the rule. And no, I wouldn't do that thing. I didn't get public assistance and no, but my company, I want them to get tax write-offs and and credits from the federal government. Like guys, get out of here. This is stupid. (laughs) It just, (laughs) it does not make any sense. And yes, I Kanye all, all together. I'm just tired. I'm, I'm, I'm with TI on this. Yo, I'm done. I'm good. And I, I was actually done way before I will tell you, I actually have, I've mentioned my friends that are uh, big Kanye West fans all the time. And I'm just like, yo, I'm not <laughs> entertaining. Yeah. I'm I not feel like he's a narcissist and he thrives off attention. He thrives like, off, he, off of the it. The way to, to, to get rid of Kanye is to just stop act talking like about him. Exactly. Stop talking about him. Don't pay him any money. Like I that their whole camp in general. I really feel like if we seriously wanted to stop all of this uproar, this this hoopla that we're seeing, just stop paying attention to him. Stop talking about him. Don't take pictures with him. When they give us these like <laughs> garbage can looking shoes that look like they just wrapped together a bunch of plastic talking about oh these the new yeezys those are ugly shoes they look stupid like <laughs> just stop stop feed it into all this trash and just move on they'll that's what that's when i believe we'll see a real change it's because these antics won't get you anywhere you realize Ignore him yeah. and and Kim's wife and May family. That's it. And Donald Trump. Absolutely. That's it. Yeah. 
and you you saw Melania is upset with Ti because of the music video, and we don't know who showed her that video and why she even knows about it. Right. First of all, and and all she comes in contact with just the Ti video. Somebody must have just showed her that to troll her. I just yeah, I really didn't know that. I kept saying to myself, "How did she see this?" And not that she, you know, I mean, Ti is. He's a rapper. He's pop culture. Obviously, they're aware of it. I just don't necessarily. I didn't expect. I'll say that we. Don't, I don't know what the lady's musical taste is. I just wouldn't have expected her to see it. And what's interesting to me um, is this position of woe is me. And a part of me, if I'm honest, a part of me does feel bad for Melania Trump because she said like she didn't want any of this. She didn't want to like they didn't want to move. She didn't want to move in the White House. She didn't want, you know, all of that. It's like she's doing it to support him. And so a part of me is just like, well, as a person, as an individual, if I like separate you from everything that's going on, if I just look at you as an individual, I do kind of feel bad for you because it's kind of like, ah. You're kind of being thrusted into this and you've said, like, I don't want really want nothing to do with this. It's like you're kind of the you're the Bob. You like kind of get the, the, the after shots or you're what's the what what's the word I'm looking for? Like you get you kind of guilty by association, if you will. Mm-hmm. And, and we see all these videos because we will you know, we've all like laughed and <laughs> laughed and was like yo wink once or twice if you you want to get out we've seen her like swipe his hand and stuff like that and she really in many cases seemed visibly like yo don't be trying to like hug on me and stuff i don't want nothing to deal with this i want nothing to do with you in that way don't be trying to act like this is like some you know fairy tale love story like this ain't us like get out of here so sometimes i feel bad because i'm like i feel like as a person she don't really want this but then there's another part of me that also says well I think if you think about everything that's going on, if you think about all the many ways that people from different, all kinds of backgrounds have been hurt by tweets that have been hurt by, you know, rallies and statements and images and all of these things, a part of you kind of has to say, you know what, I can't be too mad. You know what I mean? Like, it's bad I feel it's bad, but if I kind of look at my husband's actions, whatever. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. And maybe that's, like, not – I shouldn't expect that of her, but I just kind of feel – this is kind of like – so let's say, again, we'll, we'll use this. And I'm, there's, they're different because they're married, but let's say, like, on our show, you said – I don't know. Who is – Let's say I met Brian Karn. Brian Karn listens to Brian <laughs> Culture and was like, you know what? I don't like you. Or he like made a joke about me because he was like, I don't, you know, you're on that show with Lisa. And you probably laughed at a joke that she made about me. I'd be like, oh, okay. I like, I, you know, I, I just can't get mad at you, bro. Because cool. Like, whatever. You know what I mean? Like. I don't mm-hmm. know. Maybe, maybe that wasn't the best example. But I just don't think that, that it's like. You gotta kind of gotta understand what this person has been doing, and yeah, you can't be you can't be too mad. Like, think about where this comes from. Like, yo, I wouldn't be running <laughs> up to yeah. I don't know. I just don't think it's it makes sense. 
Yeah. It's, I don't even know. You know what else doesn't make sense? Cornerstone Caroline. And I just love, can I, Can we just pause for the cause and thank social media for coming up with these names that, with the alliteration? <laughs> Barbecue Becky, Cornerstone Caroline. I just love how we're flowing with the alliteration there. Um, So thank you. Shout out to social media for that. Cornerstone Cornerstone Caroline. Caroline. This chick decides to call the police on the what what was he, eight years old? Yeah, he's a, he he was like a little kid. Yeah, because she said she, he grabbed her butt in the store. Really, his book bag swiped her but as he was passing by and the first thing she saw was this little black boy and she decided to call the police. Right. And thankfully, um, security cameras were there to back up his story that he did not touch her because security cameras clearly showed that his hands were in out in front and right. he put back, just touched her. And the crazy thing is like the first thing was to call the police on this little kid. <sighs> The first woman. Yeah, the first thing was to think that he well to say that he groped your he groped you. Like I think that to me that was the disgusting part. The kid is nine years old, and he's you're saying that like he groped you. But here's the other thing too, which is crazy. The steel that the article that um I saw they had a steel frame of the security camera footage, and there's like it's not just like him and her standing there. There are multiple people there. I believe one of the ladies that was behind him, um, maybe, I don't know if that was his mom, but there was a, an adult figure that, or someone older than him, that was positioned directly behind him as he walked past her. That's a woman. So in my mind, <laughs> you'd be like, hey, did somebody just, you know, grab me? And if a person's like, no, that didn't, that didn't happen, like... You kind of just got to say you didn't see him do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I get like you can see, you can tell the difference um, or you can feel the difference. But it's kind of like, yo, I don't know for me that there's a clear difference of something brushing behind, brushing past you and saying somebody groped you like groped. Yeah, like, I'm like, yeah, it's like a that? grab. Like it felt you felt that for a little while. And for a, a nine-year-old to say, hey, I didn't do that. And you immediately go to, like, I'm going to call the police. And, you know, you did this. I know you did it. And it's kind of like, yo, did you see it? But then to come back and say, oh, well, after seeing the secu- security footage, I believe he didn't grope me. Groping and brushing past somebody, those don't feel the same, yo. Like, that's that's two different things. How did you get to that place? And... Yeah, I don't know. I was really white people are really emboldened to do these things, and it's just amazing to me. It's really sickening too, because in a climate where you see so many people um, being harmed by the police, one would think that a person would say, "You know what? Hey, I'm not going to even if I truly believe that you did right I truly believe that you you put your you groped me you put your hands on me hey let's survey the people that's around here did you guys see this I really where's your mom hey are are you his mom let's have a conversation because I believe I have reason to believe that your child grab you know grab me in a behind whatever it is let's have this conversation this is a kid but I think the thing that just annoyed me and it actually kind of freaked me out when I was reading the article because it took me back to like the Emmett Till allegations it's like here we go like you have a person that 
is saying that something happened to them that a little kid violated them and you're calling the police, you're calling authorities that could do something to this child and nothing will happen to them. And you don't see the problem in that. You don't see that this kid is like, hey, yo, kid, come here. Let me have a conversation with you and let you know, because you're a kid, you're innocent, you're adolescent. You don't know any better if you did. And I'm not saying that it's okay for any kids to be growing around and like groping somebody. But in the if he did like, yo, you are a kid. Let me let you know what this could do. You could touch somebody unwillingly and this could lead to you going to jail. Here's all of these things. Let me give you this. Let's let's not say, yo, you touch me. I, I feel I feel like you're sexually harassing me. Let me call the cops on you, kid. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know. I think when we're dealing with kids, there's some degree of like, yo, let me give you the benefit of the doubt, but then let me also find a better way to correct you, to teach you a lesson so that you know that this could have went a completely different way had this been true. I just and I love the fact I read in the, reading the article, the uh, kid said that he doesn't forgive her. And I, I thought that was great. <laughs> I know that you're a proponent of forgiveness, <laughs> but I just kind of thought it was I was like, oh. That's wonderful. Good. Because I feel like so so oftentimes people are like pressured into immediately, immediately forgiving. Yeah. yeah. To like save face. And it's just kind of like, no, man, this is really this kid is embarrassed and hurt by this. And this was his book bag that did it. Like you weren't you weren't looking at him. You were standing there and this kid walked by you. But there's a bunch of people in this area and you said that this kid groped you come on man i'm with the kid like maybe at some point in time when i turn like 30 i'll forgive you but as of right now nah cornerstone <laughs> caroline i'm good well you know what's funny about that is there's actually a book on, on forgiveness that i love and the lady that writes it says one should not forgive immediately because you are not even aware of the levels in which something impacted you to be able to offer forgiveness. What's the name of this book? I'm going to go by and give it to everybody that I haven't forgiven. I'm just playing. (laughs) (laughs) That is the sense of truth. Like some, some things are like, it It takes time, but it takes time for you to even figure out the levels in which it offended you to even forgive. Exactly. Exactly. So. You got to get there. You can't you don't start off there. You it takes time for you to get to that place to really have reconciled it and and you know, understand everything that happened and unfortunately this is a kid like do we know is this kid going to be there immediately? No. And I I I would have felt if I would have read that he said, "Oh, I forgive her." I honestly would have felt like he was pressured to do it as an cuz you think about it. I'm sure if his mom wasn't paying attention, while it looks like she was paying attention, if his mom wasn't paying attention, another adult accusing you of something, nine times out of a 10, uh, the adult's going to say like, oh, wait, did you do this? And just the mere fact of somebody asking you and the way and the tone that they ask you, it probably made you feel horrible, especially when you're like, I did not do it. That people in the article, they were saying like the kid was crying, you know, people in the store kept telling her that he didn't do that. Like he didn't do that. And so for me, it's going back to what I was saying earlier. Like if you thought he did, you have a conversation with the people that was around and all of these people say, Hey, that didn't happen. I think at some point in time, you got to say, well, Hey, people are telling me that you didn't do it. 
I felt something. But if you did, if you did do it, I want you to understand that this could lead to a bigger problem. And I just want you to understand if you didn't do it, you know, I apologize. Thank you or whatever it is. And just move on. All these people telling, you no. people are telling you like, hey, people got it on on camera. People were recording. Um, You know, let's look at the camera footage. No, he did it. He did it. He did it. Call the cops. And then you see it. It's like, oh, I'm sorry. Nah, I would have thought somebody like coerced the little kid to do it. I'm like, nah, bro, don't. You ain't got to accept her apology. <laughs> Forget her. Yeah. Living my best life. Ain't going back and forth with Caroline. What? Cornerstone. <laughs> Cornerstone Caroline. Corner store. Ain't going. Oh, Is it corner store? It is cor- corner store. <laughs> I typed in the show notes. I typed cornerstone floor. Did I say, did I say cornerstone when we first? I don't even oh, know. But I, I don't even remember. I Yeah, I typed Cornerstone in the show notes. <laughs> guys, I'm sorry. I, it's been a long day. That it made is, me think about church. I was it like, has been a long day. <laughs> <laughs> it has been a long, long day. Y'all tell us what y'all think. Uh, remind us what we said. Hashtag chat PC. We'll be back with our main dish. We're back with our main dish. Today's main dish was sparked by so like so often our main dish is sparked by scrolling on social media. Um <laughs> scrolling on social media, I saw a quote by Keanu Reeves. It says, Someone told me the other day that they felt bad for single people because they are lonely all the time. I told him that's not true. I'm single and I don't feel lonely. I take myself out to eat. I buy myself clothes. I have great times by myself. All right. Once you know how to take care of your yourself, company becomes an option, not a necessity. Two snaps for that. Right. Uh, because I feel certainly the same way. And I'm not saying that I never want to be in a relationship. I do desire a relationship at some point, but I'm not pressed. Um, because not being I... Pressed. I've learned how to enjoy my own company and to enjoy the company of my friends. So um, I do think there is this stigma as uh, that people put on single people that say, well, you probably feel lonely. And that's true for some singles, but that's not true for all. And there's some married people and some people in relationships that feel lonely. Absolutely. I was just telling Randall that somebody I know uh, was telling me she's engaged and she was telling me how lonely she feels because she feels like she don't have any friends but she has somebody she's with her fiance all the time right but it's not enough mm-hmm. because she needs more than just that romantic um person there to feel the loneliness she wants other friends because right. i mean you can't your boo can't be everything to you and they shouldn't be and if they are run um, <laughs> run because it's not cool yeah that's that's not healthy um, that's how you get that show you that i told y'all about on lifetime yeah that <laughs> show the depressing crazy. one <laughs> did you go watch it i did not i i can't yeah. my emotions not right now i can't i need <laughs> i just need to watch happy stuff <laughs> i just need to watch all the happy laughing laughter stuff because yeah i can't take it um but no, I definitely, I definitely agree. 
that it, when it comes to the, like, I definitely agree with Keanu Reeves, but I think that one of the things that people in general, and I don't even want to blame it on our generations. I think it's absolutely just kind of like a common thing for people to think that a relationship is going to heal loneliness or cure loneliness and honestly cure a lot of things, but definitely this sense of being lonely. Um, and I just don't, I think that is a very, very bad way to view relationships, to approach relationships. Cause you literally are putting the responsibility for your feelings and emotions on somebody else. And that's just never a good idea. Um, Doing that and that feeling of being lonely in this moment, that thing might be because maybe it's because, you know, you want somebody physically around, but you can also have somebody physically around that doesn't understand you um, or doesn't want to, you know, engage in you in that moment that may be tired or have whatever going on. And you're still going to feel that sense of loneliness. And so I think that to the point of the statement, like we have to really do some like work, mental work so that we stop viewing the answer to cure loneliness being being in a relationship or even thinking that because a person hasn't been in a relationship, isn't in a relationship or hasn't been in a relationship in a long time, that they're somehow, you know, lacking or without. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there are amazing things about relationships and relationships that relationship brings. But like with everything, you know, it's there are good things and there's bad things. And so I think that as a society, we have a tendency to look at people that are in some sort of relationship or marriage as like, Oh, you guys have everything. And, and, and and this is just so great. And, you know, I'm here by myself doing this by myself. And I wish I had somebody that can go. And I wish I had somebody that can do. Meanwhile, you have a person that has somebody that can go and as do That's like, I just wish this person would leave me alone. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. I, or the person may not want to do what you want to do. Exactly. So you can have someone who, if you like to travel and you have somebody who doesn't want to travel, that becomes a problem. So you have a person there. They just don't want to do it. Yeah. So then you're still at conflict. It's like. I think another thing is also recognizing that loneliness is is normal and it's kind of common. Um, and I think that loneliness, there's no one definition to it. Right. Because sometimes you might one person may feel lonely because they're not in a relationship. Another person Mm. may feel lonely because they don't have a best friend or a really close friend. Another person may feel lonely because they have friends, but they don't feel like, you know, those friends pay them enough attention or, you know, they don't have a family members like there's. I feel like we all kind of go through these moments uh, or, or even potentially seasons of, I feel lonely. Yeah, I feel lonely in this moment. And I think what we have to do is recognize that that's kind of common to anybody in any situation, whether you're single, whether you're in a relationship or whatever, you're going to feel that sense of loneliness. Like it's, it's going to happen. It's going to come. Hell myself. I've definitely felt, I remember having a conversation um, with a friend that I was like, yo, I feel feel lonely but i was like i feel like i feel lonely because i feel like i lack friends 
he's like, wait, what? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I just, you know, I just feel like I don't really have like people here. And this was like during the time of I maybe I'd been here for maybe like a year or so. Um, and so I was just like, you know, I look at. I'm looking at other people, obviously, that first thing of, like, comparing yourself to, like, other people. And I'm like, all these people, they have these, like, great friendships and, you know, they have people that they're, like, coming to their house and they're spending time with all the time and they're going out and just kicking it and all of these things. And I'm like, I feel I don't have that. And then I also don't have, like, you know, my Florida friends aren't here and then I don't have, like, my family and so all everything that has been normal and comforting to me, I don't have. I so I just kind of feel like there's a lack of friend. I have a lack of a lack of friends, and I need to do better or find some friends. And I just remember my friends just kind of being like, "Yo, this is first off, that's dumb. <laughs> Second off, like you gotta you need to figure out whatever you need to do to get to what the real problem is, because the problem is not that you don't have friends. Like that's not." you have enough people in your phone that you can reach out to and talk to. You have enough people that you can just right now be like, Hey, I want to go here and call somebody and they'll be down to go. It's not that you don't like friends. And I think eventually I started to realize that, yo, this, this feeling for me in that moment kind of came from somewhere else. Like it was, you know, insert whatever the problem was back then that made me feel that way. And one of the easiest things I'll say is like the comparison, um, the comparison component of being like, Oh, I just saw, you know, Lisa with eight of her friends. And I'm like, dang, here I am sitting here in my bed by myself. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. that's like a, it's like, yo, that's, it's a moment like, Hey, yeah, she has eight of her friends and she's kicking it with them. And yeah, you're by yourself. And then tomorrow you'll be with four of your friends. And then Sunday you might be like with eight of your friends. You know what I'm saying? And like she might not be with any of them. Exactly. And it's, it's, it's like that. I think we have to recognize that that's something that's common to everybody um, mm-hmm. at some point in time and in some way, shape or form. And then also recognize too, that social media plays a, a big part in that as well. If you let it, um, mm-hmm. I think if you start to feed yourself the lies, like I, I did at that time of like, Hey, you know, I'm looking at all of these things and I'm feeling alone, but not recognizing that, well, you might be feeling alone because you moved to a new city. You might be feeling alone because you moved to a city and it takes time to not make friends, but to connect with people on a level that you feel like they're as close as your old friends who you've known since you were 10. You know what I'm saying? Like Mm -hmm. it takes time to get there. Like there's so many other things that are happening. You can't look at social media and compare this moment of somebody's happiness or these moments, multiple moments, or this part of somebody's life that they're choosing to share with you. Um, and and say that well I don't have that in this moment because insert whatever you know what I mean like it's just not I don't I think we got to be more mindful about that like there are certain things that social media can do to create this space of loneliness and we kind of perpetuate it without without regulating it and and keeping it at bay. Mm-hmm. And you know what that is just it, what as you were talking it reminds me like there's levels to loneliness. Mm-hmm. And that we can feel lonely and not actually, you know, necessarily be alone, be which is what alone, your friend yeah. was yeah. 
articulating and, and and as I think about like social media and I think about like you know even seeing some of my friends when I moved when I was in Lynchburg and I was feeling lonely and then I would have a friend that was close that that I wasn't really communicating with as frequently right. and I would see them like hanging with their friends on social media and then circle back around years later and being like oh I thought y'all were close and it's like oh no we just hung out that one time yeah yeah or and this is just like my hangout have, friend yeah yeah and it's like you have built like this construct like oh I'm being replaced right. oh their friendships are so much better than mine and only to find out that while they were engaging on a level, it wasn't really that much depth to it. So it was like you were kind of jealous or envious over something that was kind of an illusion. Yeah, yeah. And they didn't even really paint an illusion. They just took a picture. But it's like you. You created that. that. Yeah, you created the illusion. And you're like, oh, well, I'm irrelevant in their life yeah. right now. Or mm, their their friendships are so much better than mine. And it's right. really like, well, that could be true. And it could not be true. It's just like you just have to not over think or over. I know that was my problem overthinking or over just spending too much time analyzing yeah. um, what pictures said versus what it really was. It's interesting you say that though, because now I, as you say that I was thinking we kind of, not only do we need to define what lonely is and understand that social media can do it, I think we need to also understand that mentally being inside of our heads, we can create that loneliness. Mm-hmm. Um, we can fabricate that loneliness when it really doesn't exist. <laughs> um, and I think, like you said, like, hey, I have a friend that, here's a friend in a space that, like, I, they're my friend, you know, we're cool, maybe not like super close but i see that person this may be my my go-to person that i hang out with or whatever and i go see them out with somebody else or multiple other people and i somehow feel left out and then i start to think about what this means about you know what they're doing and their motive and leaving me out or maybe like i should have i should have done this or i should have did this or what happens and you kind of get in your mind and you create this room of loneliness and that is not really what it is um Mm -hmm. (laughs) you're not really lonely per se you just kind of went down this rabbit hole of emotion and you're doing it to yourself so at that point I don't even think you can you can say that it's it's social media right I don't even think you can say it's kind of the culture i think it is kind of like your inability to to self-check and to regulate like what you're doing to your mind mentally by thinking these thoughts by allowing yourself to to keep going down this space and like obviously if you don't have if there's something wrong you can't stop yourself from doing it like that's a whole other thing but i think for a number of us we have the ability to to do that we just don't um we don't even think about in in all of our analyzing and thinking and working and, and and pondering on, we don't really think about what the results of doing that is to us and the damage that it does by creating a space of, I feel lonely, but you're not, you're only lonely because you kind of went down this, this, this hole and you sent yourself down it based off of what an Instagram post. Mm-hmm. Um, or yeah. yeah based off of texting somebody and saying what you doing and you expecting them to be like nothing sitting on my couch because you sitting on your couch and they like nah i'm out at uh you know i'm out at brunch 
or you know, I just went out to happy hour, or I'm out at the bar just kicking it, or we just went here with such and such, and you're like, dang. I didn't get an invite or I'm not there. And you kind of start this whole, you know, thing with yourself. And it's not even really, it shouldn't be a thing. It shouldn't be something that you're doing because you creating that fam, not them. Mm-hmm. And it, it taps into for what I had to understand about myself. Like it taps into our own insecurities. True. So it's like, man, am I not good enough? True. True. Um, and so everything gets magnified through you not being enough. Right. And it's like, no, I never said you weren't good enough. I just kind of just was like, well, they might be doing something else. Or yeah. I just, it was more convenient to hang with them because we were on the same side of town. Now you on the different side of town. So it's just like everything gets magnified through your insecurity. Yeah. It's so interesting. So it's interesting you say that because I think that. <laughs> I can definitely say I identify with that in many ways. Um and and seeing a therapist, right? Mm-hmm. There's so many times that I've recently realized that yo I completely overthought that. I completely overthought that. And the tricky part for like myself is I don't I remember my therapist saying externally the thoughts that you have, I would never, I would never think that you have just because of the, what I, what, what I see, what you show, you know, your interactions, the way you engage. I would not think that all of that was going on in your mind. And it's like, yo, we really can mess ourselves up, but not only can we mess ourselves up, but we can really play on the insecurities that we have that we have, I guess externally kind of overcome and got through, but mentally those insecurities kind of sit there. And so you still are asking yourself the question, as you said of, yo, am I not good enough? Do you not? Why do you, why don't this person want to be around me? Or why didn't I get the invite to here? Or why am I not doing this? And you kind of go into all of these spaces when it's like, one wouldn't even think that you would think that. Like, <laughs> nobody would think that you'd be wondering why, I don't know, you didn't get invited to go see the high school basketball game and you're a grown professional. Like, oh, I didn't know that you mm-hmm. <laughs> would want to go to, you know what I'm saying? Like, and people then like, the consequence of that is that, like, you start getting angry. Uh, your anger is accelerated at the person. And they're like, why are you so mad? Right. It's not even that deep. It's and not. Like, it is. I didn't, yeah, yeah. And, it's, but it's like, it's magnified because it's, you're viewing it through the lens. We're viewing it through the lens of our insecurities. Exactly. And it, what's so interesting, though, is I can I can see I can definitely think back to times where I've done that. But now, just even in this just in this conversation, I'm also seeing I've had people tell me that, like, oh, you didn't invite me here or, you know, you just forgot about me or you don't you know, you don't spend time with me. You're with these other people and you're doing this and you're doing that. And I'm always just kind of like, what's your problem? Like, that's not it. You know what I'm saying? I don't understand what's wrong with you. Like, why are you upset? What did I do this time? What happened? Here we go again. Like, just kind of getting annoyed with it, but with not thinking like, yo, there was a moment in time and space where you felt that same way. They're feeling that. So, like, share that with them. Like, yo, hey, time out. I think you might be feeling this. I think you might. It may come across to you this way. 
I'm saying this because I've been there. I know what that's like. But I think that maybe this is coming from a potential other concern that you have. Like, are you not feel, feeling, have you ever dealt with like an insecurity of not feeling welcome or feeling adequate or whatever, you know, whatever that thing is. And not even to go on some deep, like, let's have a therapy session, but like, just, yo, just real talk. Like this might be a thing that you're doing, but I recognize that I've done it. And so if you are, it's cool, but maybe you should think about that. Maybe think about like, the concern of not being invited or not being part a part of is more so fueled by something historical or something internal than it is actually a problem in this situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's like our, our relationships are often emotional landmines Yeah, and people step and, and they blow up and they like, dude, I was just like walking and I this just blew this was up. The swimming pool. <laughs> I thought How I came did we to get swim. here? Right. I Why thought are we I came zero to a hundred? Didn't know it was a minefield. I thought we came <laughs> to swim. <laughs> I bought a bathing suit and everything just to go swimming. And then I'm blowing up. You know, I'm setting off stuff that I didn't even know was out here. Like, what's happening? Yeah. And that's too because some people's actions trigger us to things we're not even aware of mm-hmm. within ourselves. Absolutely. Or we thought we hadn't we thought we had put to bed and then that's like oh then it's like re um re-traumatized yeah all over again i I think especially if a person's actions or like a situation reminds you of something that you experienced before Mm-hmm. Um, but not even like that you can recognize but it's like yo maybe you know back in the day somebody used to call you like short stuff and then this person might jokingly be like hey short stuff and then you you know you pissed like you know, don't call me that don't disrespect me in that way and it's kind of like you don't even recognize that yo you mad because this reminded you of this particular this very specific situation that happened you know 12 years ago and now you just realizing like hey and so you upset because it's not even really what they did now. It's really going back to what happened before. Like you're thinking about that before, like, Oh, you're not going to use me. I think it's kind of like, you know, we talked about the, the scars of being in a relationship, if you will, and being in a relationship that didn't go so well. And, and you kind of get into your next situation and you are looking for all of the things that the last situation did wrong. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's that same thing of, Hey, but you don't even know you're doing it. Like you don't even, it's not like you intently being like, all right, I'm looking for, I'm going through your phone. It's just like, nah, let me see your phone. And then you slide over and you had a tendency to scroll through like a hundred pictures. And then you go through text message and then you start looking for key names and people that they talk about and you want to go today. And it's just like, yo, what, what, what's happening? Like this is, you, you are hurt and bothered and for something that I ain't even got nothing to do. Like you're not even looking at my situation or my actions or what I did. You just mad at some old stuff. Like you need to identify that old stuff. True story. This happened to me Sunday. So, you know, rebuilding with a friend Uh and having a conversation Uh and the conversation, it, it, it almost went left. And I was like, I just paused. I was like, (laughs) because I said, you know what? This what you communicated to me is 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 triggering something, right? But 
it's not the same, but it's just it's just re- reminding me. Yeah. And the way I came at you, but, but the way I came at you, I didn't realize was triggering to you. And so then you responded to me, and so I said, "Let me stop this, and I'm gonna talk to you tomorrow." So I just mm. no, that's big though. I was like I was like because if not, we're going to go in a cycle. And it's just gonna be an argument, and it's just gonna get go blow way out of proportion. And then the next day we talked, and we exp- and we communicated both of our frustrations, and it was fine. And I was like, "That's I feel like that." I just felt like I had grown so much yeah. because I was able to like say, "I see where this could go," but I'm not gonna go there. Because I'm just going to respond differently. I'm not going to respond based on past traumas, and so that's big. Kudos, hey, I'm hand clap to you. That's you know, I'm a fan of just cursing out and move on. <laughs> but you know, it's... this new curse out is probably probably because I didn't cuss you out last time. Good enough. So <laughs> it's just like you know what. That's what when you were just talking about like re-traumatizing and that those kinds of things. It's like, man, you actually have to like step outside of yourself, yeah, and say, let me look at this situation and all the moving components mm-hmm. and what's really going on, mm-hmm. and let me step out and look at it and then respond accordingly that way yeah, instead that- of responding in just being like so in it that I'm not seeing what like all the different levels to it that's real maturity i think honestly i think that is absolute real maturity um just because it's so hard to catch your feelings at times (laughs) and and as it relates to like you know the feeling of loneliness if you will if that comes up it's really hard to catch that feeling or check that feeling before it goes to the next place right and in your situation you're able to say like Yo, this feels and I'm not you ain't doing it the same exact thing. But this triggers this feeling and it reminds me of something. So I'm going to take a minute. I'm I'm going to step back so that I can like, you know, recoup or do whatever I need to do so that I don't I don't become who I used to be. And I think in that same that very same way when it comes to like how we deal with like the feeling of loneliness if you will as soon as we start to feel it like it's super hard to do but i think it, i think it's necessary to be like yo here come this feeling is coming from somewhere i'm rather than sit here and look at this picture engage in this conversation uh sit on this couch sit in this house whatever it is I'm going to recognize that this has come up and that that this is is very familiar. And I'm going to take some steps back to do some different things so that I can get a different outcome. Because otherwise, you know, I'm going to go down the same place. And I also think it's just we can get so used to doing that, though. So used to just kind of feeling that feeling and going down a rabbit hole that it's really hard not to do. So I give you all kinds of props for that because. Maybe in some situations, but a lot of them, I'm still working. Listen, blame that blame that result on therapy. (laughs) Right. Still a work in progress. And shout out to the therapist because there's so much and this is going I don't want to get off you know, I don't want to get off topic. But 
I really, I guess a part of this does kind of come from the conversations I've had with my, my therapist. I realized that like a lot of the, the, the work that I was doing kind of alone and like with my friends, um, we would kind of challenge each other, but I just kind of feel like my therapist like challenges specific situations in a completely different way. And she'll like link this new situation to something I told her like two months ago that I didn't even realize. And I was like, Oh wait, hold on. I didn't think that that very, very small situation was connected to this much larger situation. It's like, Oh, so I'm actually cursing this person out for like five different people. But those are like really small things that I thought I'd let go. Like, I really thought I let those things go. Like, I didn't even think they bothered me like that. But then as I'm starting to justify why I have this problem now, it's like, well, didn't you say that kind of bothered you? And then you say, oh, wait, hold on. It's it's really, yeah, it's really, really weird. So I, I just want to shout out to all the therapists because you guys are amazing. I, yeah. yeah. I don't know why everyone doesn't have one. If you don't have one, I encourage you to get a therapist. Yeah. And you got to do the work. Absolutely. You can't just be gone. You, yeah. You got to do, yeah. Yeah. It's not trendy. It's work related. That it really is. Yeah. Work. I was going to say, I think that's the, not, it's not, I like to think that people aren't just saying get a therapist just because it sounds cool. Because honestly, it's actually not really cool. For real, for real. It's kind so of no annoying. shade to people who get them, but some of y'all who be talking about y'all got one on social media, y'all lives still be scaring me on social media. <laughs> <laughs> you, you got, I'm just like, is this to control you? <laughs> I need proof. Run me, her, run me her business card, his business card. I need to see who you talking PR. about because you. <laughs> Look you still up. be all over the place. Okay. <laughs> I'm just like, what you is are going up, on? down, and all around. You I'm might like, need are a new you going? Uh, is this lot? If this is if <laughs> this is tempered, you goodness gracious, what has uncontrolled you? I'm just like, right? man, <laughs> y'all be scaring me. But you know, <laughs> I don't know if you go into a therapist and you still feel for your emotions through social media too. Something is wrong. There's a disconnect. No shade, but I'm just I'm like, what's going on? Is it just me, Randall? I don't know. No, I've actually I've seen I, there's one individual that popped in my mind when you said that, and I was like, well, I've had a conversation with them about seeing a therapist, but I don't know if they actually. Now that you say it, I don't know if they actually go. It is, but honestly, though, for real, to that point, like, it's not, you know, I, and I'm a, obviously, I'm a person that likes to talk, but there have been a couple times that I was just like, I don't feel like doing this. And I think it's like, I don't feel like doing this because there's this feeling of, like, you feel exposed and vulnerable. And he's like, I just want to shut all this stuff off. I just want to not care about anything, which is actually a statement that I make quite often when I see my therapist. I just want to not care. <laughs> I don't want to care. But you do it. care. Yeah. It's but like, I, it's, it's yeah. crazy. Cause it's like, the more you say you don't care, the more you do care. You always know the people who care about the people who say they don't. Exactly. Like, I don't want to care about this, but like, do you care? Who cares? I don't care. I forget it. And yeah, I probably give a bunch of other choice words too, but it's just like I don't want to do this. And yeah, it's 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 not an easy thing, but I think it's a, it's definitely a necessary easy. I mean, a necessary like struggle. Like 
there's a lot of benefit that comes out of it. And a lot of it is kind of not being so hard on yourself, um, which is something that I'm learning, like not being so hard on myself in so many different ways, giving myself permission to do a lot of stuff or to not do a lot of stuff or to mess stuff up or to, you know, just kind of just go in and be like, I don't know what I'm doing, but here I am. Right. <laughs> and just being like, I have permission to proclaim myself as an expert at this and I'm self-taught. What? Like, you know, what is what is that thing? But it is it's it's okay to do that. It's those types of things that I'm definitely like learning and I'm like, yo, I don't know that I would have gotten this any other way. So if you don't have one, get one. Especially if you're feeling lonely. Because there might be other things as we've discussed tonight. There might be other things going on that um yeah that's not it's not what it seems to be it may not be you're lonely because you don't got nobody it might be lonely because you can't get nobody because you got a lot of other stuff going on in your mind yeah and you could be alone because the fear of the hurt in the past won't let you connect to anybody in the present and so you are longing for someone but you won't allow someone to get close because you're afraid couldn't have said it better myself so Y'all hit us up. Let us know what y'all think. Hashtag chat BC and we'll be back with our toast or roast. All right, guys, and we are back and it is time for our toast or roast. And this week I am going to give a toast to the book that I'm actually doing on audio book on audible. It's called the hate you give. Um, it's thug. The hate you give actually, uh, spells out thug. Um, it's like an acronym, but I just want to give a toast to the book because I'm in, in anticipation for the movie that's coming out everywhere this Friday. I think it's out in like select theaters now. Um, it's just a really, really dope book. It's written really, really well. I love a good story. I love a story where I can get kind of wrapped into the characters and connect with the characters and, um, you know, just kind of just really fa- fall in the story. And there's so many things that about the, the characters in the story that are very relatable. Um, I, definitely for me, talking about, like, the neighborhood that she lives in or her family comes from and, you know... And one of the things that was really uh, big in the in the book is her living this being this one way around like at her white school around her like predominantly white friends and then being like around her black friends. And I that's definitely something that I experienced and I I rec- I'd related to from as being a kid. And so I just want to give a toast to to the book, a toast to the writer um, of the book. Her name is I was actually trying to talk and find it. Um, crap. I know the lady's name and I can't, it's not, I'm going to find the lady's name and give her that toast, but to the writer of the book, um, toast to her because it really is, it really is, it's it's an amazing book. And I have heard people that have seen the movie and they've said that the movie in itself is really, really good. Um, and so 
I think that everybody should go see it. I'm hoping everybody go see it. I'm looking forward to seeing the the movie. So I got the audio book so I can read the book before or listen to the book before it actually happens. So shout out to the book. If you haven't checked it out, definitely check it out. It's the, the author's name is Angie Thomas. Um, yeah. And she actually was interesting is she, I was reading that she was born and raised in Mississippi and she still lives there and she's like 30. She's just turning 30, which I was like, well, a 30 year old living in Mississippi. How does that work? (laughs) Right. Yeah. Like what? 30 year old black woman living in Mississippi. What happens? But shout out to her because it's a really dope book and I expect nothing but great things from the movie. I have a number of people that told me that they cried seeing it. So check it out. Uh, it's on iTunes and, and, and Amazon and Audible. If you aren't into and this is actually a free plug that we probably shouldn't be doing because Audible does sponsors for people. But if you're into audiobooks, I say try uh, try it on Audible because it's actually really good. And that's my toast. So I want to roast um, Lauren Hill. Yes, she is. <laughs> Because she continues to not show up for paid stuff. Stuff that people paid their hard-earned money for. And I don't understand what the deal is with Lauren. I want to support her. I love Lauren Hill. Miss um, Education of Lauren Hill. Um, But I just... I don't understand. I just want her to stop. Yeah, I don't want... I want her to stop doing these concerts. I don't know if she's not... If whatever her energy is not at the level it needs to be to show up. If she needs to start getting in tune with whatever she got going on. Of feng shui got to be... I don't know. If she needs to start a week ahead of time for the concert. But I... You know, I tweeted something earlier this week. And I was like, you know what? In... People are still buying Lauren Hill tickets in 2018, expecting her to show up. That's faith. Yeah. Um, I just, it's just, it's ridiculous. Lauren is showing that she's not gonna show up. Why y'all keep going? Yeah, and why does promoter still even working with her? It seems like a waste. But I, I don't know. I guess if she has the fan base, yeah, she got the fan base. People say, well, it can happen. Did they get their money back? I wonder. No, because I think it, it isn't it like she eventually shows up, but then she can only do, perform for like 30 minutes or something like that. Like she won't I, show up. I on thought time. one she, she didn't show up at all. Oh, well, now that's now maybe I read it wrong. But I no, it might be. Now, that's on y'all. Y'all know. I'm sorry. Come on now, y'all. Which... I know she has to get her energy right. And that was one of the things last time. Ain't nobody got time for that long. Yeah, it's it's like what's going on. So we're gonna leave y'all with today's good vibe. Today's good vibe um comes from Alex Medina. It says the truth has many enemies, a lie has many friends. Ooh. Loaded one there. The truth has many enemies. Folks lie. be out here lying. Completely lying, and they have all of the social media fan base. Yeah. <laughs> to yeah, believe their lies. Don't get caught up in the lies, guys. Let's let's be scams, better. scams, shenanigans, scams and shenanigans. <laughs> it's really something. It's just especially when you know people and you see them lying. You just like I was there too. That didn't happen. But, right, you know. <laughs> right, <laughs> The way you just propped this thing up, the and way I saw it you happen. saw it, it's not exactly what I. 
How okay. is that? Now, if if I'm just I'm either either I'm crazy or you're a liar. And, ac- and right, according to the people around <laughs> me, quite sane. <laughs> <laughs> It's possible. Well, thank y'all for listening to another week of Brunch Culture. We greatly appreciate it. And we are just thankful to be back with y'all for two weeks straight. Um, We're going to try. We're going to be. We're not going to try. We're going to be more consistent. And so um, this is just the uh, uh, um, another week of our consistency. So thank y'all for hanging on and rocking with y'all. Rocking with us. Make sure you check out all our past episodes at brunchculturebc.com or subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever iHeartRadio, you can subscribe to Jude 3. I mean, not Jude 3, Brunch Culture. I'm sorry. Whew. Subscribe to Jude 3, too. I've been switched out. Uh, brunch Culture. Um, and we would love to hear from you. Email us at brunchculturebc at gmail.com. Hashtag brunch, brunch culture BC. No. Is it chat BC? I'm sorry. Hashtag chat BC. I'm tired, y'all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and remember here at Brunch Culture, everything is up for discussion.